Hey everyone, welcome to America's Town Hall. I am your host and I'm running for Congress. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for listening today. I always like to come on here and answer questions from listeners. And today that question is going to center largely around unions and what my specific opinion is about them. But also we need to acknowledge, I mean, this this is a, a show that I had in the hopper weeks ago. And at the time of this recording, we have experienced a tragedy here in Clark County. Many of you guys are already aware that uh, there was a killing here. There's no better way to put it. An officer, Sheriff's Deputy Jeremy Brown, killed in the line of duty on Friday night. And uh, we are mourning a loss here in Clark County. And uh, if you hadn't haven't heard about what happened, uh, the sheriff's office confirmed the deputy's death and they said it is with great sadness that the Clark County Sheriff's Office is informing the community a deputy was killed in the line of duty this evening. This is a difficult time for the Clark County Sheriff's Office law enforcement agencies in Clark County and the surrounding and surrounding Clark County. Portland metro area Clark County law enforcement appreciates the support and understanding of the community in these tough times. At the time of this recording, I believe that the suspect was arrested. That's what I heard this morning. And we had already recorded my thoughts on unions. And so I don't want it to seem insensitive. I wanted to talk about it. Also, I think it's very important. And you guys have heard me say this before. I talked about my ride along a couple of weeks ago with the Vancouver police and my strong belief that we need to change the narrative around our law enforcement officers. So much of this narrative is coming from the uh, the far, far left who hates the police and wants to defund them. They're sure doing a heck of a good job right here. We have now passed 12 terrible laws. Six of them actually went into effect on Sunday. And we're going to talk about them specifically. I'm actually going to have a guest on and we're going to go through those laws so that you guys can understand what's happening here. But we've got to change the narrative. Uh, the important work that our police officers are doing to keep um, us safe, I think, is appreciated by the vast majority of the citizens that live in Washington state and, in fact, around the country and particularly here in CD3. But I was kind of shocked. I'm going to read a statement to you. You know, I was looking at the news about the the killing of Deputy Brown. And I noted that he was the first deputy killed in the line of duty in Clark County for more than 15 years. That was a long time ago. Back in 2004, on July 30th in 2004, Sergeant Brad Crawford died when a fleeing suspect rammed his truck into Crawford's patrol car. Kellett's County Deputy Justin DeRossier died by gunfire in 2019 while responding to a call near the town of Kalama, Washington. Can you guys just even imagine, you know, what these guys go through every day when they put on the uniform? They're there to serve and protect, and the vast majority of them do an awesome job at it. And what we've watched is the radical left in this country completely hijack the narrative about the police. And I want to read to you just a portion of the NAACP's Vancouver chapter's statement on this. They said, on a macro level, this officer, like many in our community, is a victim of the violence that occurs in policing because of the way the system is set up. I hardly even know how to respond to the arrogance of the Vancouver chapter of the NAACP to suggest that the ambush-style killing of this officer had anything to do with the way that the system was set up. Can we just, can we at least tell the truth? We're dealing with wicked people. We're dealing with evil people. 
And that's what this is. And shame on the NAACP for saying it was anything other than that. And this is where the problem is. This is the narrative about the police. I, I can't even imagine. I'm trying to put myself in the position of a, of, the, of a wife of a police officer who puts that uniform on and goes out into the community and faces God only knows what because of people like the NAACP and the radical left and the progressive Democrats. Actually, we should just call them regressive because it's not progressive to take us back to the dark ages, which is exactly what they're doing with this legislation that hogties the police. You know that they, they got rid of reasonable suspicion, right? Which I'm going to talk about at the next, uh, I'm not going to go into it right now because I want to talk about it at the next podcast. But you guys need to understand that the laws that are coming down from the people that you have elected to represent you are going to hurt you. And apparently the NAACP is cool with it. Because, you know, this is just the way the system is set up. You know, on a macro level, they said this officer, like many in the community, is a victim of the violence that occurs in policing because of the way the system is set up. Garbage! Boy, you guys. Ugh. It, it makes me so angry. This officer was killed because an evil person killed him. And it's okay for the NAACP to say it. But that ruins their narrative that all the police are bad. And I saw Antifa and several other wicked, evil organizations laughing and celebrating at the killing of a police officer on duty. These are, they're, they're sad times. They, they really are. And there's no other way to say it. They're sad times for the citizens of Washington State and actually around the country and particularly here in CD3. And citizens are going to have to start talking about what's happening about what's going on. On my other podcast, I mentioned that uh, a friend of mine, Ray Reynolds, who also is a, works in law enforcement, I had called him on Tuesday, he and another friend of mine who is a police officer's wife, and I, my heart was so troubled, and I could not put my finger on why. And I said, hey, could we get together and pray? Because my spirit is troubled. I can't figure out why, but something's going on. And Ray was like, man, I feel it too. And so on Thursday night, we got together at my house, three of us couples, and we just prayed until midnight. And we asked the Lord to give us wisdom, and, and, and the Lord said, my people are, are perishing for lack of knowledge. And so the plan was to get people together on Saturday and just talk about the laws that were about to go into effect on Sunday, six of these 12 devastating laws that are now going to be implemented in Washington state. And then on Friday night, and we were working at this. And then on Friday night, of course, Officer Brown was shot and killed on line of duty. And that changed what we did on Saturday. And I was uh, blown away that so many people, a couple hundred people came out on Saturday at really a moment's notice to just pray for Clark County and for our area, for for CD3 and for our state. And I was encouraged by that. And we started something called an appeal to heaven. It's 40 days of prayer, talking about why it's so important that we've already appealed to everyone else. Can we just be honest? We've appealed to our government. It's not working. We've appealed to to the people, right? It's not working. We've appealed to the medical community, right? Right in the middle of the Rona and everything else, we've appealed to the medical community. We just get back lie after lie after misstatement after misleading statement, and they're you know peddling fear. So that's not working. You guys, we need to appeal to heaven. And you heard me say probably several of you, if you listen to my other, my other podcast, I've been reading in the book of Second Kings right now, 
And I want to remind you, you know, as I was reading about what's going on in the culture and a lot of you coming up to me and they're saying, you know, we're, we're, we don't know what to do. And I'm saying appeal to heaven. In 2 Kings 3, 17 and 18, uh, we read that God can do anything. You know, it's the story of the Israelites up against the Moabites. It's a huge, long story. But the uh, it was written in 2 Kings 3, 17, these are simple matters in the sight of the Lord. Oh, and by the way, he'll deliver the Moabites into your hand. There's nothing that God can't do. And so I just want to encourage you. The, the question that was on the docket for me to answer today came specifically about uh, labor unions and asking me what my position was on unions. And uh, first of all, I support the right to work. I, th- I think that's the, the place that we need to start. So I support the right to work legislation whenever that issue arises. And people should have the right to join unions. But what we're talking about is people being forced to join them. And that's the principle of the right to work. And so when I say I have a quarrel with unions, my quarrels with the union bosses, not the union workers, because the union workers really are the bedrock of our society. And so I want the votes of union workers. Most of what the union bosses are trying to do to our country, I disagree with strongly. I disagree with it strongly. So I, I, I oppose public sector unions. And let me just explain. There's a lot of you guys going, what in the world? What's a labor union? So for those of you who aren't familiar, labor union is an organization that advocates for workers' rights and benefits through something called collective bargaining. Now, collective bargaining is regularly used, unfortunately, to excessively jack up the salaries and benefits of government workers. This should alarm people. Because what happens is these unions begin to act as monopolies, and that's not good. So there's nothing wrong with labor organizations or even the concept of collective bargaining. Labor unions can serve an important function because they bring the voices of workers to the forefront. So all that's good, right? And they provide important benefits. They're providing uh, counsel, you know, when you've got a question or not sure what to do, what it what. What avenues do I have for recourse? They protect, or they're supposed to, individual workers. But there's something deeply wrong with forcing Americans to be members of unions when they don't want to be. And this this really is the issue. And also, it's important to note that there's a conflict of interest between politicians and public sector unions. So collective bargaining in the public sector means that public employee unions negotiate their salaries and benefits with self-interested politicians. You guys, you see see the rub? So this has given politicians the opportunity to reward campaign contributors. So that's not okay. So I think, you know, we need to start there. I oppose public sector unions. So I will always side with union workers against union bosses, but we need to start telling the truth about what's happening and be able to talk about it in such a way that we're, we're elevating some voices and we're bringing light to the conversation. So that's probably the most important part at, at this particular moment. So I don't know if you guys know this, but I was looking at this a couple of years ago. There's something called the Protecting the Right to Organize Act. So it's the PRO Act and it's already passed the U.S. House and I think it's just sitting right now. But you guys need to check it out. And I'll I'll link back to the actual wording of it. This would strip away the ability of millions upon millions of American workers to refuse to join a union. That should alarm us. I believe that there are 27 states right now that have what's called right-to-work laws. 
So they prohibit labor unions from negotiating contracts that require employees to pay union dues to maintain employment. And so the PRO Act, which again has already passed the U.S. House, would preempt these laws because it states that, quote, all employees in a bargaining unit shall contribute fees to a labor organization for the cost of representation, collective bargaining, contract enforcement, and related expenditures as a condition of employment shall be valid and enforceable, notwithstanding any state or territorial law. So, wow. So that's that's not okay. And so it's important for us to to get to the root of what the problem is. Again, unions can be harmful when they act like monopolies. So if the union members don't work, the law makes it extremely difficult for anyone else to step in and do their job. And as a result, union workers have little competition. Again, my quarrel is with union bosses, not the union workers. Union workers are the bedrock of our society, and I want their votes. And it's important for us to have an honest conversation. Public sector unions is a whole other animal. This means public employees, should, should, they should not be able to strike against the public, right? And government workers should not be able to strike. President Reagan, you guys might remember, fired the air traffic controllers when they went on strike because he understood that, all right? So uh, there's basically three principles that I would bring to bear if I am in Congress. One, supporting the right to work. Two, opposing public sector unions for all the reasons I just stated. And three, remembering I'm going to side with union workers against the union bosses. We should never force people into labor unions. That's the principle of the right to work. Uh, If you guys have other questions, I would sure love to hear them. I will link to it in the show notes today as to how you guys can get a hold of me. Many of you know that I'm having a a fair amount of garbage, the rumor weed out there on the internet talking about how I've been divorced, fake news, how I filed bankruptcy, fake news, don't pay my federal taxes, fake news. You guys look to see, I'm just going to encourage you, you really should find out where the rumors are coming from. And I think it says a lot about the rumor itself. And so what we want to do is we want to elect people of integrity to represent us. We want to elect people who are going to stand for what is right and stand on principle and have demonstrated track record of leadership. And uh, I have been leading families in this community for nearly 20 years. And uh, the Homeschool Resource Center is a great example of that. Also, you know, the latest rumor. And anytime you guys see this stuff on the internet, you guys, it's, that, you know, if someone says report, which is how this stupid article started, you know, report. Okay. Report is another word for rumor. And the fact that people are printing these things and, and pushing them out. And basically what they're trying to do is just damage my reputation in the community. And I'm not going to sit back and just let them do it. So the rumor, the report that I covered up a sex scandal uh, involving a child is an egregious, egregious lie. And uh, shame on the people that are pushing this out there. Shame on the people that are pushing this out. One of these days, there's going to be a reckoning and the truth will be told. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep running for Congress. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep looking for solutions because that's what I do. The Homeschool Resource Center is a great example. We are having a crisis of education here in the Vancouver area. And so four and a half years ago, my husband and I opened the Homeschool Resource Center. And we now have, you know, what, 1,200 students here who are coming and they're able to get out of the public indoctrination centers known as the public school system. And so I'm going to be focused on solutions. I'm going to be focused on answers. I want to hear what's going on with you guys. What questions do you have? 
and you know what solutions can we come up with together because really that's the role or it should be the role of a representative is to work hand in glove with the people that they represent to sit around the table and say, tell me what's going on. Help me understand both sides of an issue. We haven't had true representative government in so long that I almost don't, I don't think that people even know what it looks like anymore. But it's not the job of government to provide housing for you. It's not the job of the government to protect you from the Rona. The job of government is to protect life, liberty, so that you can have the pursuit of happiness. The role of government is to keep you safe from invasion, right? The role of government is to protect your freedom. So we're going to be focused on that as we continue this run for Congress. We've got some really great stuff coming up, and I can't wait to announce it. And so keep listening. Again, if you would like to submit a question, I'm going to link back to that in the show notes today. You guys, I want you to just keep your eye on the ball. we got a lot of big things coming down the pike, certainly in CD3 and also around the country. Our nation is under attack from cultural Marxists who are bent on destroying the narrative of freedom in this country and they are intent on making you a slave to a system. And the only way that we're going to stand up against it is to stand up against it, to get involved. Get involved in your local races. Get involved in the races for a student or for a school board, rather, and for city council. Find out who is your prosecuting attorney and who the judges are. Part of my great frustration with the way things are set up is that these people are allowed to run as so-called nonpartisans, except for we all know that they're not nonpartisan. And uh, I think it needs to be changed. We need to find out what the biases are of these people who claim not to have a bias. And uh, that sure would be helpful, wouldn't it? All right. That's all I have time for today. And I appreciate you guys listening and sharing this podcast. Again, if you've got questions, go to the show notes, click on that link, and you can submit those questions to me here at America's Town Hall. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here again next time.